When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The new fully electric Audi e-tron GT. Enjoy the breathtaking performance and design of the future of electric mobility from Audi. With Quattro-inspired flared wheel arches and matrix design LED headlights, every element has been carefully considered and selected to help deliver a thrilling drive. And with an acceleration of 0 to 100 kilometers per hour in 4.1 seconds, the Audi e-tron GT is performance electrified. Start the future now and visit audi.ca to learn more. Thanks for joining us on the Financial Post's uh, Down to Business. I'm Larissa Harrapin. As we uh, look forward to a summer of possible getting back to normal, businesses and industries are faced with what back to normal looks like when it comes to getting back to work. But what does that ultimately mean for commercial, retail, or industrial landlords? In this second of a two-part series on reopening, we talk to Jonathan Gitlin, CEO of RioCan. Hi, Jonathan. Welcome. Hi, Larissa. Thanks so much for having me on. I, I recently heard you say that RioCan has seen a demand for commercial leasing, but yet there still seems to be this notion of the death of the office. Tell us what's really happening. Well, we focus mostly on retail, but that said, we do have office in our portfolio. And I don't, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of discovery going on now discovery uh, from um, from uh, businesses and business leaders as to what will be an acceptable practice going forward with respect to uh, who shows up to the office and how they show up, and discovery from people who work in those offices as to what they feel comfortable with and how they can uh, be productive in, in certain environments. And I think we, COVID accelerated all of that discovery and made certain um, you know, certain practices normal and certain things that we used to do abnormal. And um, I really think that there will be a reversion in some, you know, in many respects, back to a mean where we are, uh, where there will be a bit of flexibility, but generally speaking, still a central location where people come, gather to be creative, to be productive. And so I really don't see the death of the office space being a reality. I think there's going to be an evolution, a little bit of an evolution as to how those office spaces are used. But I certainly think there is still a critical um, function of a central gathering place for businesses that require creativity and uh, I think, um, you know, uh, and are trying to create a culture that distinguishes them from other places where people can work. Let's uh, use that word that you just uh, used, evolution. Uh, it, RioCan has been, I guess, positioning itself for some time now, pivoting from that retail space, those shopping centers, the, the land um, that was used for the parking lots. You've been converting it more into that rental residential condo space, making it more multi-use. Um, has the strategy changed at all? Because it seems like RioCan was doing this even prior to the pandemic. They, they were making that pivot. Has the pandemic changed this strategy at all? 
No, the, the pandemic has just validated the strategy in certain respects. I mean, we've been focusing on taking our very well-located properties that happen to have retail shopping centers on them and figuring out ways to use them to a higher and better use. And a lot of uh, in a lot of instances, that meant recreating them as mixed-use developments, which doesn't mean that we're no longer having retail there. It simply means that we're fortifying and supplementing that retail with residential. And we very much favor that marriage of good residential with great retail. I think the retail serves as an amenity to uh, to residential tenants, and the residential serves as a built-in shopping network for the retail tenants. So when you curate that kind of environment, it's actually a very positive um, you know, creation of a, of, a, of a really great environment. And so that's something that we started looking at many years ago. And it actually happened when we got together as, a, as an executive team, looked at a map of transit that was coming to Toronto or had already been in Toronto. And we recognized that all of, I mean, very uh, large parts of our portfolio were located on these very irreplaceable transit-oriented pieces of land. And so we thought to ourselves, if that's the case and we recognize that there's gonna be a significant amount of desire to live and shop on transit, we should as a responsible property owner and as a responsible steward of our unit holders' money, be looking to do more with those properties. So many years ago, we started doing a few things that fundamentally helped us build that expertise. One, we started bringing on um, you know, a, a development group that understood how to get, navigate through the, the entitlement process. Two, um, we started uh, working out deals with our commercial tenants to give us the flexibility to build. And uh, right now we're sitting on a number of active development properties that will, as we suggested before, evolve and diversify our portfolio into more uh, residential, in some cases office, and still uh, fundamentally based on, on really great retail assets. How different is the picture across the country? Rio can announced, I want to say it's a few years back now, you'll know better than me, uh, a focus on six cities, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto, Ottawa, and Montreal. Uh, what's happening across the country or what's happening specifically in those six cities that Rio Can had kind of targeted? Right. So, Larissa, what we did was in 2017, we announced that we were accelerating, not starting, but accelerating our focus on those six major markets. Uh, we'd always, well, for the last, I would say, 15 years or so, we've been reducing our exposure to some of the secondary and tertiary markets in, in Canada. Uh, but in 2017, we announced that we were really going to focus uh, in, a, in, a, in a dramatic way on reducing our exposure to those markets and increasing our exposure to the six markets that you just spoke about. And we're now at a point where we have over 90% of our revenue coming in from those markets. And in fact, over 50% of it coming in from this market where I sit, the, the greater Toronto area. And that was really a result or a byproduct of the fact that these are the cities where growth is happening, where there's a lot more population, immigration, um, and, and commercial growth. And it's also where our tenants have made it clear to us that they want to be. I'm not in any way indicting some of the other cities that aren't in that subset, but we're just reacting to what the needs of our customers, which are you know retail tenants by and large, um, what their needs are. And so as, again, a responsible steward of our unit holders' interests, we have really focused on those growth markets. 
And so I think that trend will continue for Rio Can. I mean, the, where we have come over the last 10 years and where we will go over the next 10 years is largely focused on those growth areas. So I really do believe that our portfolio will continue to grow in places like Toronto. And that's going to happen through both, um, you know, continued developments that we're going to be completing in Toronto uh, and other uh, and those other markets, but also disposing of assets in those smaller markets. The um, REIT sector was really thriving prior to the pandemic. It took a substantial hit in the past year. Um, I, I think your stock went somewhere from $13. It's, it's at about $21 right now. Do you think you'll see those $27 days return? I absolutely do. And I, I, I'm basing that not just on, on my own biased view, but <laughs> on some, I would say, very comprehensive analysis that we've done. But I think the primary feature that I'll just bring up, and I can go on for, for hours on this, but I'll just talk, talk about one fundamental element. And that is that we are trading in the public markets well below what the value of our assets are in the private markets. Right, we're trading below net asset value. Um, if you look at the value of our properties, if we were to go out and sell each one of them individually, and you took that money, it would be far in excess of our existing $21 unit price. And that to me means that we're not only devaluing or undervaluing the very valuable properties we own, but it also gives no value to this. I mean, what I'm pointing to, people can't hear on the phone, of course, uh, sorry, on the on the podcast, but it's this platform that we built. It's this institutional expertise and these relationships that we have with the with tenants across the world um, that is a very valuable thing, and that we're actually being paid for through uh, partnerships and fee structures. Uh, but that's not being recognized in the public markets yet. And I do believe that the public markets will get over the concerns they have about. Um, the commercial real estate sector as the impacts of COVID-19 start to dissipate. And there'll be continued recognition that, in fact, what we have is a very viable business, a very growth-oriented business, and one that has a significant amount of untapped value, um, let alone just our consistent creation of, uh, of income from our, from our existing rental properties. So I think it's those types of recognitions and that reconciliation that the public markets will have that will lead us back to uh, share prices that are very much uh, reflective of where we've been in the past. We uh, often talk to uh, business leaders about the fundamental, uh, I guess, structural changes that the pandemic has brought into the various sectors. When you take a look at the horizon, what does your, I guess, data or analysis tell you in terms of trends? I've heard you use the word mixed use. I, I, I've heard you uh, talk about that perfect marriage between retail and uh, residential and, and condo use, multi-use. Where do you ultimately see things headed? Is it, you know, greater use distribution centers in your parking lot? Is it, you know, pop-up stores? What are you seeing down the line? Well, I think I'll start it off more fundamentally. I think within our retail centers, you're probably going to see an evolving, a continued evolution of the types of retailers that we cater to. There, what we're doing is responding to trends in the market. And what I mean by that is, for instance, if you had looked back a few years ago, you would have seen our portfolio more weighted towards apparel tenants or 
tenants like department stores, um, you know, Sears, the Bay, those are now a smaller component going forward. And they've been replaced by some resilient uses, more, um, more, uh, how should I say, more value-oriented uses, stores like Costco, grocery stores, pharmacies, there's more and more of these types of uses. And they've been also supplemented with um, service commercial type of uses, government offices, dentist offices, medical uses, things of that nature. So I think what you're seeing is a bit more of a diversification of the types of tenants that we cater to on the retail front. Taking the next step in terms of other types of, of, of commercial real estate classes, of course, we're, we're focusing, as we talked about before, Larissa, about residential and doing both condo and multi-rental, uh, multi-use rental. Um, that will certainly be a component of us, of our, of our portfolio going forward without a doubt. And then when you talk about, you know, industrial, that's not really our it's not our expertise. We've got some land that would be suitable for industrial, but it's not our core competency. I think what you will start seeing, though, is a lot of our retailers creating a bit more of an evolved um, offering where their stores are now being used as a bit of a hybrid, not just for conventional shopping, but you'll see them evolve to a point where there's a lot more consumers ordering online and picking up at the store and click and collect type of models. And I think those are going to feature prominently within our properties. And all that means is that existing retail setups will change a little bit, where there'll be a little bit more uh, fulfillment within each of these retail complexes. And that, to me, is a natural evolution. Uh, it'll be very healthy for, for RioCan because that space will certainly still be in demand because it is such well-positioned property that is so good and so important for the distribution network that a lot of these retailers have set up. Um, so I do think you'll see that evolution, but quite honestly, I don't think you're going to see a dramatic reduction in the amount of retail uh, that someone like, uh, you know, that, that that a city like Toronto will have. You'll just see a bit of a different kind of retail. And then for within Rio Can, you will definitely see more residential, but industrial, like I said, is not something that we are focused on. And then office use, we do have a few developments that definitely feature some office uses. And we have a few existing projects that have some, or sorry, existing properties that have some very well-positioned office uses. It will never be our core competency, but it is something that, again, it, it merges well with our retail holdings, and we certainly benefit from it. Just before we let you go, uh, you took over from uh, Ed Sunshine, I, I want to say uh, March or April of 2021. Words of wisdom that Ed imparted onto you. Well, so many words of wisdom that Ed imparted <laughs> onto me. I mean, for those of uh, your listeners who know Ed or have heard from him before, he is a he is full of wisdom. He's a very wise individual who has been around um, a lot uh, and has seen a lot of crises and has seen a lot of success. And so I continuously get uh, wisdom from him, and he's now the chairman of our board. So I have the benefit of being able to turn to him for advice when I need it. Uh, but, you know, Ed's words of wisdom to me early on, and I think these have been repeated by so many others, but I, you know, they meant a lot coming from Ed, is that the real estate world within Canada, it's a very small one. And your reputation is so very critical. And your integrity is so very critical. And if you make a mistake and let those, those elements, your integrity or your reputation slip, it is something that you cannot, it's hard to recover from. 
So when you do anything, both as an individual, as a leader of RioCan, as a leader of the team here at RioCan, or you know, with respect to RioCan as a company, make sure that you are always uh, make sure that it is always something that that upholds the reputation of RioCan, that it upholds your personal reputation as a leader, and you know, making sure that it doesn't you know nothing can degrade from that because reputation in this world, in particularly in Canada is really everything. Um, so that is one of many pieces of advice that he, he gave to me, but that's one I think about when I gotta get out of bed every morning. <laughs> Jonathan, thank you kindly. Thank you for your insight. Thank you for your time. You're so welcome. Thanks so much for having me on.